0: back to Let's Talk About That. Today, we have Hello Gorgeous. Hello Gorgeous. Hello Gorgeous. So, let's talk about yourself.
1: <laughs> Myself or the business?
0: It's all in one. <laughs> so, what's your name and your group Kay. that you're with? Let me hear a little bit about you.
1: So, my name is Kim Becker mm-hmm. and I am the co-founder of Hello Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Hello Gorgeous is a non organization that provides... Well, we used to provide a lot of makeovers to women battling cancer. That's kind of how we started. Now our goal, it's really evolved into supporting women emotionally, physically, and spiritually as they walk through their cancer journey. And my end result is that when a woman looks in the mirror in spite of her cancer, despite her cancer, that she can smile when she sees her reflection. So that's really what we want to be able to do.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. So like how did this begin.
1: Let's <laughs> let's let's go there.
0: Let's talk about that. Like how did it begin?
1: So, I um when I was in high school, I wanted to be an attorney. And my mom said, you'll be really good at it because you argue really well. <laughs> and so, but back when I was going to school and in high school, there wasn't anything as like a 529 plan or mm-hmm. my parents said, that's great. We support you hundred percent, but you're on your own financially. You got to figure it out. And I said, okay. So at the time I was working in a tanning salon. And so the girls there said, this is what you should do. You should go to beauty school because yeah. then you could actually cut the hair of all of your Um, the students right in the dorm and actually pay for your way to go through law school just by cutting hair. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. So I went to beauty school and I never looked back. Really? I never made it to law school.
0: So you just fell in love with it. I just fell in love with it. Wow. So
1: I, my dream as most hairdressers was always to open a salon. And so I was talking to my late husband about it, and he said, I have the perfect name for the salon. We should call it Hello Gorgeous. And I said, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. He said, no, no, it'd be really great, because every time you answer the phone, you get to say, hello, gorgeous, and it'll make people smile. And I said, yeah, it's stupid. We're not doing it. Yeah. So I had been an educator for a company and had visited a salon in Southern Illinois, and they had, um, it was a French flair to their business, and mm-hmm. it was like a chateau-looking building. Hello and- Gorgeous. Hello Gorgé. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually it was called Chavou, which meant hair in French. And they served cheesecake and champagne to like all of their mm-hmm. salon guests. I'm like that's the kind of salon that I want. So when he came up with the whole idea to name it Hello Gorgeous, I said, "Mm, no, uh, we're not doing that. So we opened a salon and we called it Shavu Professional Hair Design. We owned it for 10 years. And the whole entire time that I owned the salon, I loved owning a salon, but there was always something that was missing. Mm. Like, I don't know how to say, except there just, it wasn't right. So I thought it was the business. So every year we would remodel the salon at the beginning of the year. When that didn't work, we moved from a thousand square feet to 3000 square feet. We had 17 stylists and a massage therapist and receptionists and it was awesome. So you try to
0: fill the void.
1: Trying right? to fill the void, right. thinking it was the business. Right. Well, then when that didn't work, I thought, well, maybe it's me. Uh. So I started training at all these places and went to Chicago and Miami. And my big dream was to study at Vidal Sassoon in London. And I did that. And it was amazing. But there was still this emptiness that was there.
0: How was Vidal Sassoon?
1: That was incredible. To meet all the people from all over the world that were doing the same thing that you were doing. And it was just. It was an amazing.
0: So would experience. you would you say that also like enhanced your passion? Absolutely. With just being able to experience, because um, I think we get into a space sometimes where we're doing the work here, and then you kind of go abroad and see others mm-hmm. doing uh, some of the, of the similar work, mm-hmm. and they have different perspectives of things, of styles, and they have different strategies and. And like you bring that back with you, right? I did. Yeah.
1: And it was amazing because of the fact that what I wanted it to do with that training was enhance my work. Yeah. Right. I wanted to make what I was already doing and just make it better. I didn't want to change who I was or even the the type of work I was doing, but I wanted it to enhance the style that I was giving and it did.
0: And so outside of that, um, I'm, I'm feeling some other things in here. So uh, you're focusing um, on experience. Yes. Because you went back before and you're looking at providing an experience yes. for uh your customer yes. or your relationship that you're having with this person that's coming into your world to that's trusting you to provide something for them. Yes. Right? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So so okay, let's fast forward. Let's go into all right. So you skip law school, but you're a master debater. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes that I am. Master <laughs> negotiator. That's right. You can work deals. Yes. That's your in your playbook. Yeah, right? you that's get, it. So that's part of the business as well. That's right. About that. So you go in, so your core business was uh, providing a experience for people to beautify themselves, yes. to feel welcome and better about themselves. Yes. That's the starting point. Yes. Okay. So I'm just, I'm playing it back here because I'm absorbing all this right now. Okay. So now you're at this point where you're still trying to fill the void. Let's keep going with that. Okay.
1: So we, as I said, I would have that conversation with my husband quite often. Something's missing. I know we're supposed to be doing something more than what we're doing. So our son was three years old at the time, and we were on a drive back from Indianapolis, and we were having one of these conversations. And all of a sudden, it fell on my heart. And I looked at him and I said, I know what we need to do. We need to have a mobile day spa that caters to cancer patients. Mm. We need to have this beautiful, elegant palace on wheels that'll show up just a few feet from her door and make her feel like a queen for the day during a time where she doesn't feel very special. Now... Most people that are business owners think that when you own a business, that you take all the cash that you earn in the day, and you put it in your pocket, and you live this luxurious lifestyle, and you never worry about money, right?
0: Yep, that's how that
1: <laughs> and that can't be further from the truth. Yeah. And so for us, we'd own the salon for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just about the time we'd get a little money set back, the water heater would go out or the furnace would stop working or something, right? We just never felt like we could get completely caught up.
0: The real world hit you. That's right. Yeah. All the
1: time. Yeah. And so, you know, at this point in time, Mike was ready to get out of the salon business. So he was open to any new idea that I had had. So I'm pitching this idea about the Mobile Day Spa. And then I looked at him and I said, and we're going to do this for free. Ooh. And I watched and all the color him. run out of his face.
0: <laughs> and he's shaken.
1: He, yes. And he looked at me and he said, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know this is what we're supposed to do. So him being the husband that he was, he stopped at a bookstore and bought me every book he could find on free money for women and grant writing for dummies and grant writing for women. And he got back in the car and I was so excited to talk to him. And I love being able to talk to him in the car because he couldn't escape. So he had no choice. You had his attention. I absolutely did. You have it right here. That's right. You're having the conversation. (laughs) You can't get out. The doors are
0: locked. Shut your phone off. That's right. This is just us. us. That's right.
1: So I kept telling him about this and you know I got more excited and I just. Started talking faster. And so our son woke up from his nap and we stopped about 30 minutes from home to let him stretch his legs. And we were at a play area. And now 10 years had passed from the time we opened the salon to this moment. And we're walking into this play area. And I grabbed a hold of Mike's arm and I said, You know what, Mike? This is supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous. I
0: mm-hmm. said, The
1: salon was never meant to be called Hello mm-hmm. Gorgeous. This is supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous because wow. that's how these women deserve to be greeted.
0: Wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So, getting into that, okay. So you had this epiphany, mm-hmm. and you said, "Okay, I want to um, make women feel gorgeous in uh, the time in their lives when they're the most broken." Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because this is it's a it's a ugly, ugly disease, and the process to recovery is painful. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to provide healing. Uh, during a time of probably the most pain some people have ever experienced in their life. So, okay, so with the the mobile, sal- mobile salon, mm-hmm. so you can provide a, a salon where if they didn't have the energy to go out and um, you just pull up, do they have to schedule something or how do you go about doing that? How did you find uh, the people you need to reach.
1: So the, so that's how we started. Okay. You know, this is how it started. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. Okay. So it's evolved. So we did take the mobile day spa out and, um, we actually, I think our son, my son is 21 right now, but I think he was about eight years old. We took the mobile day spa and we went on a tour throughout Indiana and we teamed up with simon properties which is the malls okay and we found women through support groups and different okay. things and we actually kidnapped them out of yeah. where they were at they were all pre-ranged. that's right Get in here it was all yeah. a surprise in our program when it when we did the full makeover it had to be a surprise oh, because women right. are selfless okay. right so if i say to you come on i'm going to take you for a manicure you'll deflect me yeah. and you'll say you take my mom because my mom's had to watch me go through this, or take my daughter because my daughter's taking me to every treatment. So when we were doing the full makeovers, it had to be a surprise. So we kidnap women out of Bath and Body Works and out of JCPenney's and Applebee's, and we take them out to the Mobile Day Spa, give them a full makeover experience, then plan a big reveal party for them afterwards, after they're all done up. Because people, when women are diagnosed with cancer, people don't know what to say. So they say nothing and stay away. So the most important part for me was to reconnect them with the support system that they needed to get them through the rest of the journey. So while we were on that,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I said to Mike, we can't do this by ourselves. Mm -hmm. There are so many women that are diagnosed with cancer. We can't do it. The statistic from last year, 2022, more than 900,000 women were diagnosed with cancer in the United States. And that didn't include the women that were diagnosed the year before that continue to go through treatment. So back then in the early 2000s, when we were doing this or mid 2000s, there were like 35,000 women that were diagnosed with cancer just in Indiana. And so I said to Mike, we've got to figure out how to do this. And we got it. We need a tribe behind us. And who's better to serve women with cancer than hairdressers? So I created a salon affiliate program where I go in and I train salons how to create the Hello Gorgeous experience. That's awesome. So what we realized was I wasn't taught how to take care of a woman with a compromised immune system when she entered my salon mm. while I was in beauty school. And there are things that you can and can't do on a woman battling cancer that you can do on a regular salon guest that walks in. Mm. So we created this program and then we went out and trained salons to to create the Hello Gorgeous experience. They became the face of Hello Gorgeous. In their community. And one time a month, they did a makeover, a surprise makeover on a woman battling cancer that was from their local area. So before COVID hit, we actually had 33 affiliate salons in 15 states that were wow. doing these makeovers, which was amazing.
0: That's big time. Yes. So, uh, not to roll back a little bit, but I felt like I missed some of the part with you know how it feels to go through a cancer experience. So, you know, we always talk about we have to go through things to get to a certain point. So to understand the experience or what it feels like, you personally, emotionally connected to what that feeling mm-hmm. is about, right?
1: But not till just recently. Okay. So um, 17, we've been in existence 17 years. Okay. 2017 was a really tough year for us. Um, Monaco coach had donated a new mobile day spa for us, brand new $250,000 vehicle. It was beautiful.
0: Nice.
1: April of 2017, it caught fire. So I watched my dream go up in flames. It was my true palace on wheels that I'd always wanted. And in June of 2017, I lost my husband to septic shock. So fast forward to 2019, um, I was in I, I had, what had happened was I'd had an insurance agency call come, just their normal routine thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they had me do one of the Cologuard exams. Well, I'm not on medication. I'm not on anything. I'm like, come on over. I'm as healthy as I can be, right? right? So they do this exam. I get a phone call at the office that says, hey, we got this test from you. Something's not right. You need to see your doctor. And I'm like, who are you again? What's going on? They're like, you know, you really need to have this done. Well, Mike died when I was 50. You're supposed to have a colonoscopy when you're 50. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. Like life took me another direction. Worried about I had other things going on. I had a child now that I was a single parent to. I needed to take care of him. My health was not my priority. So I'm like, all right, I need to go in. I hadn't been to the doctor in so long. I had to reestablish patient care, all the things. So they go in and they do a colonoscopy on me. I'm thinking it's going to be routine in and out. I had a colonoscopy on Wednesday, a CAT scan on Thursday, and I saw a surgeon on Friday. Wow. The next week, I am in the frozen food section of my grocery store, and I get a phone call from the doctor that said, you have cancer. <sighs> and I froze. And I thought, all I kept thinking of was, really, God, being a widow isn't enough. Right. Now I have to have cancer too. And that was always my fear. My husband had been diagnosed with a liver disease three years after we got married. Mm -hmm. So 20 years of our marriage, I was his caregiver. Mm. But it wasn't like, I mean, it was managing doctor's appointments until the last part of it. But we had lots of hospital stays and lots of emergency room visits. And that was always my thing is if I get sick now that I'm alone, who's going to take care of me?
0: Yeah, that's heavy. Right? Right.
1: And so all of a sudden it came in, and it was amazing. And these people came around, and I had the support system. And as angry as I was at God for doing this, it was such a blessing. Yeah. Because I became a lot better at my job. Yeah. Because now I understood what it was like to hear those words and have your life turned upside down in an instant Mm. and it's not like it's not romanticized like it is in the movies right they take you in the office and they hold your hand and we're sorry you have cancer it was literally a phone call in the frozen food section of the of the grocery store
0: it's like a breakup by text message exactly just like that exactly right yeah
1: exactly right
0: so going into that not to i'm not trying to pull no pay anything like that but i know that as we were kind of getting into like where you're at right now, the passion is intensified because, uh, you you've went through That's right. this trial. Okay. And I think that, um, uh, comparing this to just, you know, everyone going through certain things in their lives, um, that transforms them into what they're meant to be. You have to sometimes experience some pain mm-hmm. and the pain is not sexy. It's ugly. Um, but it transforms you into what you're meant to be. That's right. So um, with Hello Gorgeous right now, now you're in a space where you now are looking at all the little elements that of not just uh, the lives that you've touched, but you've experienced some of it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now there's this validity of the purpose right. of this program and and the reach now. So how far... Is the Hello Gorgeous reach now at this point with your affiliates in, um the the whole program that you've built? Like, where are you at now with the reach across, um, say, America? How far how far are you reaching with Hello Gorgeous? So you
1: know, we like most COVID changed things. Oh yeah. Right. So we had 33 affiliates in 15 states and then COVID happens and everything was just kind of tripping along. It was awesome. That's right. So what I say, we were in the middle of a pandemic and everything changed except the cancer diagnosis. There were still women that were hearing those words, you have cancer, even though we were in the middle of a, a pandemic. I am a very touchy-feely person. I meet you. I need to hug you. I got it. That's just how I am. So when somebody had said to me before, you need to come up with a virtual option for this, I said, absolutely not. No, I got these women need to be hugged. They need to be touched. They need to be... Well, when that's the only option that you have is virtual, then that's what you do. So we worked with a group out of Mendoza School of Business through Notre Dame who planted a seed and we ran with it. So during COVID, we created a virtual makeover. So it was a box of product and I created a step-by-step video on how to use everything in that box so she could do this safely in the comfort of her own home. So now it expanded our reach because right. it's not just the salons. Now there are some people that maybe wouldn't want the in-person makeover because they're more private about their journey. Right. I didn't tell people for six months that I had cancer. Right. My, my inner circle knew, but I was afraid. That
0: was your private
1: <clears throat> I was afraid it would make right. me look weak. Mm. All of a sudden okay. she lost her husband. Can she do this by herself? Oh, now she's got cancer. For sure, she can't she do this anymore. Doesn't have enough energy to do. That's this. right. Right. So I was very. So I get that part of it. And then it was. I remember six months going in, and my sister is my um, director of operations. And I said to my sister Trish, "I'm like, it's time." I need to be able to tell my story. And that's when I came up front with it. And so, you know, now I tell people when they come in. And, and so anyway, so to answer your question, we are now, we have a much further reach than what we did. We can send virtual makeovers to Alaska and Canada, Anywhere. which we have. That's right. right. And through all of that, we created an online membership site.
0: Oh yeah. So
1: now it's that I wanted to create a space that when a woman wakes up at three o'clock in the morning and needs someplace to go to have all of her questions answered, I want to be that, I want to be that place for her to go. So we have a membership site. It's online. My goal is to help women smile when they look in the mirror. So it's an acronym for spa, a smile. Mm-hmm. So it's support, motivate, instruct, leverage and embrace your cancer journey. Mm. And under each of those, there's videos and PDFs and and, and we've created an online so community. So you created a
0: whole platform. Yes,
1: right. Yeah. So we can we can be global because we can help women everywhere. Um, and so that's kind of you know where we're at. The other thing that we've done is we've created like a an employee assistance program. Ninety three percent of all women diagnosed with cancer continue to work. And yet their appearance is Mm. affected. And so you think about the ripple effect of things. Right, right. right? It's not just her that's affected. It's her employer. It's the employees. It's her family. It's her kids. And it all goes back to appearance.
0: Well, and you're going into that. like, So if they're in a position, say they're a business owner. That's right. Right? And they may have that same feeling that's right. of they've lost the power that they have to leave. That's right. Potentially, right? That's right. And then and there's that whole element of people feeling sorry and not that's being hundred percent right. the way they should be.
1: That's right. Because
0: transparency is important. Yes. You know, to so if you're operating a business, you need to operate the business. That's right. You know, so that's right. Yeah, that's that's powerful. So um wow that this is really, really awesome. Just just tell you. you you've really built a super impactful uh, platform here. Thank you. And I'm just blown away. Okay. Just a hundred percent. I knew a little bit about it, but this here, this is next level. <laughs> okay. And, this is the, and you're so like humble about it. Oh, so humble. Like, well,
1: I didn't do it. You know, I have a lot of support, you know, I can't, but my, uh, I, when I lost my husband, It was devastating because he was my husband and my best friend and my business partner. And we lived, eat, and breathed. Hello, Gorgeous. And so all of a sudden, it wasn't just my personal life that was affected. It was my business was life that everything. was affected. It was everything. Yeah. And so my sister was amazing. She and her husband had been a part of Hello, Gorgeous from day one. She stepped up and filled some really big shoes for me. I have a wonderful executive board. We've got a ton of um, volunteers that come around. And so, yes. Am I the visionary? Yes. This. Let yeah. me just be really honest with you. This is a calling for me. Yeah. This is something that God said. Would you do it? It's not a job. It's not a job. It's not a business. It's a calling. It's a calling. It's yeah. it's. This is the way that I can. I said yes. Now we have free will. I could have said no, and and I'll tell you. I Mike and I always teased because I was a hairdresser. He had a degree from Purdue University in pre-Columbian archaeology, and I said God should have chosen two marketing yeah. makers from Harvard to do what He's right. asking us to do. But God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So if I. Did, could do it all on my own. I don't need him. Right. This is this is truly, and you know what? It's a gift. This I thank God every day that I got chosen to do this because it's amazing. It is the most difficult and the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole entire life, but it's the most fulfilling
0: and impact. Yes, so, and impactful. if we're living off of um, what would you say the most important thing for you in your life? Which I see, I can see what you're doing. What would if you summed it up in one word? What would that be for for your life?
1: I, I don't, I don't know where I would be without my faith. Mm. I really to go through the the loss of a partner, to go through. I gave up. So I'm a unique. BCs, right? Because I owned a business in the profit world Mm -hmm. and I owned a business in the nonprofit world, right? So in the profit world, it was things, money would get a little tight, right? So I just say, Kim's in a bad mood, 20% off all the retail or whatever. I thought I had some control over that, right? right? I don't necessarily have anything to sell with the nonprofit, right? right? I have to touch, move and inspire you to take action to donate to my nonprofit. And it's all about faith. It's all about... Knowing that no matter how it looks like here, God's going to come through. He's going to be the one that's going to take over. And if I didn't have that, I really have no idea where I would be. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were days after Mike died that I literally had to remind myself to breathe.
0: Well, that is... I
1: had to remind myself to breathe. For four and a half years, there was a sign on my bedroom door. It was the first thing I saw in the morning, the last thing I saw at night. And it said, you are still here for a reason. Wow. I had to constantly remind myself that I'm still here and that God's not done with me. I think God was done with Mike. Right. Mike did all the things that he needed to do. He impacted all the—the the legacy that he left is amazing. You know, people—we talk about him and people are like, man, I wish I could have met him. Or people will say, I feel like I knew him.
0: Because none of this would have started without him That's either. That's right.
1: You know, yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. What I realized is I was the visionary. God gave me that. He gave me the vision. Mike was the executioner.
0: Yeah.
1: It was his job for me to say, hey, Mike, I need a media He kid. gave it the lift. He gave it the
0: lift. Yep. And he
1: put it all into play. Now, my sister, Trisha is the one that does all of that now, too. I'm the one that comes up with that. She's my she's my person now to be able to the say, integrator. hey, I want to do this. I got this idea. Yeah. She's the one that kinds to put it into play.
0: How does this work? She's the integrator. That's she can go and put right. it She's together. the
1: integrator. That's
0: she right. puts it together. That's right. Gives it the lift. That
1: That's it needs right. To, That's to, exactly to right.
0: So, okay, so let's let's go into um uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the ops I. Like, I know we are a marketing company as well. There's no secret, but we also do software design and all that. And so we integrate. Mm-hmm. We integrate and distribute. So similar to kind of your platform, you had to market that by not having anyone in marketing. Where did you guys get all of this star power? to get, to become visible? Because I know you're kind of networking through some of the, uh, like the shelters and was it like just over time, like just you start word of mouth or how did you guys like really get the visibility to, uh, and to reach your, your whole program and your platform?
1: You know, part of it is us, so my brand, Hello Gorgeous, uh-huh. um, we have it on t-shirts and hoodies and zip-up hoodies. And very rarely, I think people think that's all I own is Hello Gorgeous stuff. Uh-huh. And so that was part of it. You
0: just wore, wore the crap out of it all the time. All the time. If they're going to see you, you're going to be That's right.
1: And it didn't matter where we were. We were in an airport. We were in Orlando. We yeah. were in Las Vegas. We all had Hello Gorgeous on. And, and sometimes it was just me. Sometimes it was a team. But there's something about seeing that Hello Gorgeous would make people smile, yeah. right? Or it would start a conversation. Like, what is that about? That's right. So I got an opportunity. Or you get the 90-year-old men that go, well, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's clever. So like you just basically created a mob of branding. Right. Right. Like, exactly. So every time they saw that, and then after you see it enough times, right, then people start to know that's what right. the brand is. That's right. But you yeah. know what's really interesting, though, too? You know, you can't be a
1: hero in your own hometown. And so there, it wow. still strikes me... Interesting. People still don't know who we are and we don't know what we do, which is frustrating to me because what I always say is I can't help the women that don't know I exist. Right. So there are women out there that have heard the words you have cancer that don't know that Hello Gorgeous is there to help them, that doesn't know about the free resources, doesn't know. We just put a, um, we just did a ribbon cutting in March. We put a salon inside of our office. So our office is local over Mishawaka, Indiana. And there I wanted as we expand nationally, I wanted to create a stronger bond to our local community. So we put a salon inside of our office now where you don't have to be nominated. You can simply fill out an application and then we make an appointment for you and you come in and it's called Kim's Closet. I wanted to remember when we were kids and sometimes if you wanted to escape a sibling or your parents, you just kind of go hide in the closet for a little bit, right? You just go sit and I had a light in my closet and I could journal or whatever. That's what I wanted this place to be.
0: It's like a flipped escape room. That's right. It's a place that you're running to instead of getting out of. That's right.
1: right? And I can close the doors and you can forget about your cancer for a couple of hours. Wow
0: that's powerful. So, where do you get all of this inspiration? Mm-hmm. Like are what is what does Kim look like? Does she just like go out and how do you get inspiration? Where do you go to find what's next?
1: So, um I've been called the energizer bunny. So, I feel like I have a lot of energy, which I'm really grateful for, and I'm extremely passionate, which I'm grateful for. I'm a big one for modeling. Okay. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. I just need to find somebody else who's already doing what I'm doing, and then I go talk to them. Uh-huh. So when we first started Hello Gorgeous, we got the opportunity to speak with a man by the name of Millard Fuller. Are you familiar? Yeah. And so um some clients of mine knew him personally, mm-hmm. And he's kind of the one that came up with the, He, you know, he shared with me about his affiliate program. And I'll never forget, we were sitting in a Target parking lot. And we had a 45-minute phone conversation with him. And I was all about this mobile day spa and this palace on wheels and blah, 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 blah. And I remember saying to Millard Fuller, I said, how much money do I need? To, I, I want to be a debt-free ministry, right? I don't want to have all these bills and right. the pressure of owing people money and blah, 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 blah. I said, so how much money do I need to have in the bank in order to get this started? And he said to me in his Southern accent, he said, Kim, you'd be really silly to start without a dollar. He said, you just need to start. He said, these women don't care where they're taken care of. You just need to start. And I, any business owner, right, we all... We all wait. We got to wait for the perfect time to have a baby. We got to wait for the perfect time to start our business. We got to be the perfect time to order to grow the business or to expand or whatever it is. There will never Never be a a perfect time. You just have to start. Have to start. And so that. That one lesson taught me that I, that's where my inspiration comes from. Mm-hmm. What are the other successful people doing? I'm a big Anthony Robbins fan. Yeah. I love Anthony Robbins. Walked on fire the whole nine yards. I can yeah. talk myself into something. I can talk myself out of something. Love Jennifer Allwood. She said, strive for a B minus. Mm-hmm. We all wait for perfection. Right. It's got to be perfect. It does not exist. So she says, strive for a B minus. People need the information that you have. You've Mm -hmm. got to get it out there. And if you wait for it to be perfect all the time, you're waiting for it to be perfect. You're starving these people. You're starving these people of the information that you need to give to them. So it's those kind of things. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to a ton of books. But I love with people, like even local people. Yeah, like I love. If this was a reverse interview, I'd want to know your story.
0: Oh yeah, because I, have I a lot want to talk about.
1: That's right, right. But I want to know because that inspires <laughs> right. me. Right. Yeah, that inspires that's what me. What it's about? How did you get to where? That's you how we are? grow. That's how we grow.
0: That's how that's we my grow.
1: favorite thing to do. Yeah, is to sit down. When I, I'm going to ask you a question. Will you, you answer my question. I sure will. When I meet people, I love to ask them one question. Yeah. That is, if you could do anything in the whole wide world and you didn't have to make money at it, what would you do?
0: Help people grow. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Instant. Not even, I don't have to think about it. That's the whole reason why we have the show is for local businesses, small businesses to help them tell their story. Mm -hmm. We don't make a dime on this at all. It's to help them grow, give them visibility, help them get the confidence they need to go to the next level and give them, uh, train them. They learn how other businesses and other people what they're going through and how they're reaching for excellence and what it takes. Not always beautiful. It's not. No, it's not. It's ugly sometimes. It is. But you have to push through the pain. That's right.
1: But what was so cool about that is that's what lit you up. Yep. That's when you came alive. Yep. So what if everybody followed that passion?
0: Yep. And we don't. We don't follow that Everyone's passion. stuck on survival. Yes. And- how the next dollar, the next project, yes. the next cent, yes. whatever it may be, um, some people are stuck on appearance. Yes, and it's sometimes false. That's right. That's not how you are, are no. inside. So, I feel like if you really stuck true to your core values, you would go way further. That's right. And I mean, that's why like your story is really inspirational because we're looking at when we talk to nonprofits and for profits. Sometimes nonprofits, uh, sometimes the passion isn't there because it's for, it's maybe not your vision. That's right. Right. Versus it's when it's your vision, it's your calling. That's right. It's a whole different perspective. That's right. Which is beautiful. So if you were to talk to someone else that is feeling the that they're called to something and they're trying to work through the what ifs Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have consulting sessions sometimes with different people and that's usually where they get stuck on the what ifs. And I can't move past this. What advice would you give them other than just starting? What would you give them? What would you tell them their, their trigger point should be?
1: You have to take the first step. And even though you don't see the entire stairway, you have, and is it Martin Luther King that said that, right? You yep. take the first step, even though you don't see the stairway. And, and, and I don't believe that God's revealed the whole vision to me mm-hmm. because I'll freak out and run away. But we have to do what we know to do. You've got to take that first step, right? right. And you take that first step in faith, knowing that you're covered. Right. And then all of a sudden, then it's the next step, right? right. My late husband would always say, you make a decision. And if it's not the right decision, then you make another decision. Right. But we're so, and I get that way too. I'm so afraid of screwing up. Right. I'm so afraid of making the wrong decision. But you know what? I don't regret any of the wrong decisions or any of the mistakes I made because they were all learning tools for me.
0: And God has taught you how to walk in the dark.
1: That's right. When yeah. I can't see because yep. he's the one, he's yep. got me. Yep. Right? He's got me. So yep. if there was any, don't, you know, as I said, and I've said this before, this, I don't I don't, I didn't know how to start a nonprofit. I didn't, I didn't know how to manage a nonprofit through a pandemic. I didn't know any of those things. But you know what? I did what I could do and then I leaned on God to do the rest. And so many times I think that's what we have to do. We can't, because we can't physically see what it is, then, then we, we shy away from it. We can't, but you know what? There's an extraordinary future out there. If you just give in to whatever that thing is in your
0: heart, forget the fear.
1: Forget the fear, right? It's false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is, right? It's it's not there, and the enemy would love nothing more than to bring out all the insecurities of what you are not, as opposed to what you are. And so, if you've got that calling inside of you, you need to you just need to have the faith that that's what you're supposed to do. Look, I sold a successful business. Yeah. Right. We had 17 stylists. Every single chair in my salon was rented. We were making, I was supporting our family on what I made behind that chair. Uh-huh. And I sold that business.
0: But that wasn't your calling. It wasn't my calling. That's right. But, but I, it, pro- it prepared you with the tools. Absolutely. You needed to get to where you're at now. That's and right. Create the impact.
1: That's right.
0: That you're providing right now. That's it's right. All gorgeous.
1: That's right. But I had to take that step in faith when it didn't make any sense. And sell that business so that I could focus on what we needed to do and having the impact so, with women. So
0: with that said, would you say that um, in knowing your calling and saying, forget the rest, do your best to forget the rest? Right. Like, w- was that the defining moment where you just said, hey, I need to get rid of the distractions so I can focus on my calling? Would you say you were all in that way or was there a transitional period of getting to that point?
1: Do you know the story about the Israelites that were going around the mountain for 40 years and they never made it to the promised land? Yeah. I did that for about nine years.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, So it was a process. It was a process. Okay. So
1: once I sold my business, then I stayed on – at the business as an independent contractor. Okay. So I only had myself to manage. I didn't have all the other people to manage. So it was kind of a transitional thing. And
0: then that helps sustain your lifestyle. That's right. While you were. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And then it just got to the point where I couldn't do it all. There was no way. I was at a breaking point. That's right. And so I finally just said it was in December, eight years ago. And I just said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. But let me tell you, Something too, and for any of your listeners that are out there, just because it's the end of a chapter doesn't mean you need to get sloppy. Yeah. doesn't mean you just need to to give up on that. I will tell you what I was the best hairdresser. Up until that very end and i said to myself i am going to give my clients just because i knew that they weren't going to rebook from me didn't mean that i could get sloppy and just say oh it doesn't matter anymore Mm -hmm. it's about the integrity that you have as an individual and i said that i was going to give every single person the best haircut that they ever got from me that last haircut because i wanted every haircut going forward to be compared to that haircut wow And so for anyone that's thinking about leaving a job, for anyone that's thinking about ending something and starting anew, don't compromise your integrity because of the fact that you're saying, well, I'm not going to do this anymore, so it doesn't matter. It does matter. Give it matters to you. You <laughs> right. give your very best until the very end <laughs> yes. because that's what will carry you forward.
0: And that's what they'll remember you as. That's too. what they'll remember. That's I right.
1: can't tell you the number of people that still come up to me and say that was the best haircut. I haven't got, I I haven't got hair, the same I one. one. I haven't got the same, same one since then. That's right. And it didn't matter. It, yeah. I didn't do it because I, they, I needed them to rebook in six weeks.
0: But, but that's what you're made of, right? That's what you're made of. Whether it's a haircut, whether it's that last meal you that's prepared. Right. That's right. Whether, Whatever it is that that's you're right. doing out there. The very last thing is the most important. That's right. That's Uh, what they'll remember you for. That's right. That's awesome. That's right. Well, if there's listeners or people watching um, that are looking to get um, more information or get involved into the program, how would they find that information? Outside of the podcast, of course.
1: (laughs) um, so our website is hellogorgeous.org. Okay. So we'd love to have you visit there. We've got all of our social media channels. Um, so we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, and I believe we've got a YouTube channel. Okay. Um, we are. Driven by donations. Um, It really is a a heart-driven organization. So we have fundraisers. So you can go to our website and find out about the current fundraisers that we've got going. But you can simply just make a donation as well just to help us help more women because that's really what we want to do. We want to make sure that we can give these women, no matter what their socioeconomic status is, Mm -hmm. this day of pampering that they deserve.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today.
1: Thank you for having me. This was awesome.
0: Yeah. We'll see you next show.